Good morning. I want to greet each one in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ this morning. It's good to be together again. Well, Levon, I believe we're being led by the same spirit, but I was planning on reading that very chapter this morning. Um, it was towards the end, so we'll see if I run out of time or not. do have quite a bit of material I want to cover this morning. But I started this message out feeling led to talk about the attribute of God that he is love. And then as I was studying it, I felt led to close at the end, talk about how then we in turn as brothers and sisters, as believers, as his children, should love one another. About six months ago, I talked about the attribute of sovereignty of God. Um, about a year and a half ago, I talked about a number of his attributes, and one of those I talked about very, very briefly was love. And so this morning I felt led to, to go into that even further. First John 4, 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for the love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. This, as far as I can tell when I go back through my records, the first time I've had a message talking about God's love. I'm going to be honest with you. The reason I hesitate is that I believe many, many preachers today, it's about the only thing they preach. Because they want to just tickle the ears of the hearers with their message about the love of God. They overemphasize it. But at the same time, I don't want to ignore it because it is a part of who God is. And I thought, you know, with what we're going through right now with COVID, there are people who don't believe in God who are saying, well, the earth is angry with us. That's why we have COVID. That's why we have disease. Or people who do believe in God will question why would God allow something that can lead to the death of so many people. But yet if we look at all the attributes of God, and especially when we look at this one, to understand that God allows difficult things to come in our life, he allows bad things, doesn't mean he doesn't love us. It's often to help us refocus. If you look at that with the children of Israel, when he took them through difficult times, it was often, it wasn't because he hated them, didn't love them, it was because he loved them that he allowed it. And so I believe that's true today when we go through difficult times. But why do people overemphasize the attribute of love but ignore the other attributes, the fact that God has wrath, that he's justice, he's righteous, I think it's because they're afraid that people will be scared off of God's message. Uh, Last weekend, my family and I went to Michigan, and we were driving along the road, and I'm sure you've all seen them, but there was a billboard there recruiting people to join the U.S. military. And I can't remember the whole billboard anymore, but the thing that stuck out to me was, so there's one of the latest fighter jets on there, and I think there was some other 
cool military tech. And they were, you know, join up, join the U.S. military. Why didn't they show a soldier with an artificial leg or show a coffin, flag-draped coffin? It's because when we are not in a wartime, it's easier to recruit with honey than with the opposite. And I believe that some pastors, some churches have done the same thing when it comes to trying to draw people to Christianity. Rather than speaking to our need of a Savior, the fact that we have a sin, every one of us has a sin problem and a need of a Savior, they want to just focus on the cool things, the fun things, the easy things about Christianity, about God. But at the same time, we shouldn't ignore that. Those are, that's a reality that God is love. But that doesn't always mean that everything that comes to us will just be easy and a bed of roses. I remember that um, right after 9-11, a lot of people signed up for the military. It wasn't because of a cool billboard or messaging. It was because they recognized that there was a clear enemy who had attacked the U.S., And they signed up to go and fight that enemy. And if we think about the Christian life, are we joining because we think it's going to make life easier? Are we joining so that we can become part of the good guys against the bad guys on Christ, on God's side, fighting Satan, joining his army? But yet it's it's not easy. There's difficulties. The Bible talks about that there's a cross to bear if we are to be a follower of God. There's going to be conflict. There's going to be those who hate us for what we believe. But yet, when we come to God, we also need to recognize that he does love us. Many Religions and gods of the past that people created had no love. Um, I don't, I've not studied a lot of religions, but just, just to pick one, Islam. I don't believe there's any Muslims that would say that Allah is a God of love. Rather, he's a God that's vengeful and demands things and all that. But is there any love? But when it comes to the creator of the world, the God that I believe that I believe is the true one true God, the God of the Bible, he does have love and mercy along with the things that he wants from us. I do want a little bit of feedback over the next few minutes as we look at this. What would you say? is this most significant thing in history and the Bible and all that that would indicate that God is a God of love. He sent his only son. 
that son went to the cross. Any other, any other things that you think about that God did that I do believe that's the most significant one. But what else has he done that shows that he loves us? He could have just wiped everybody out and you and I would not be here today. And I believe he would have had every right to do that. Any others? Hasn't always been, hasn't always, the church hasn't always looked successful through the ages, but there's always been a remnant, a group of people, and God has been faithful in that. That falls into the next group of things. For those of us who believe on him and are born again, what has he done to show love? The first ones we looked at are kind of for everyone, if we choose to receive it. But what has he given? uh, Bev, Bev mentioned, and I had it written down, preparing a place for us to go for eternity. What else has God done for those of those who believe on him and are born again to show his love? Sent the Holy Spirit. Any others? Think of it as patience. Or, you know, no matter how many times I choose the wrong thing, he's there to forgive me and, uh, and will type that again. Often I think of uh, Israel and how many opportunities he gave them, and I, I think, well, why didn't he just learn? And then and I have to look at my own life. And, uh, I need to find out and realize that he's Any others? He gave, us, he gave us peace. He gave us peace when the world is in turmoil. He gives us an inner peace when everything else around us may not be peaceful. Jerry? He said the Bible is full of his promises. And regardless of where you look, you can find his promises and they're always there. And they're always favored. And one of them says, I'll never leave you. And if he wasn't a loving God... I don't yeah, I don't believe he would do that. Kind of falls in the first category, maybe, but the rainbow and the promise that he'll never again flood the earth. And I, I I've had to think about that too. When you look around, even just don't don't think of the whole world. Just think of the US and some of the outlandish things that our culture is promoting, is doing right now, and I say how can God turn a blind eye to that and not destroy our country? But yet I believe it's his love and mercy that is still giving us, giving those in this country another chance to repent. And that's because of his love. I, I appreciate all the feedback. Any, I don't want to stop it yet. If there's anybody else that wants to say something. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5.
As so as we uh, as was mentioned, the, um, one of the way God, ways God showed His love was sending the Holy Spirit. He showed His love in sending Jesus Christ. Christ came, served, died, rose again. But that wasn't the end of the story. He sent His Holy Spirit, and let's read verses five through eight. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And through all that, God was showing his love towards us. Now I want to shift a little bit. Something I never really thought about before, but as I was diving into this, doing a little research, the New Testament is full of proof of God's love. But what about the Old Testament? If you, if you ask a Jew today in 2020, is God love? Or just state the fact, God is love. Jerry, can you tell me, what would a typical Jew say? Would they say that God has the attribute of love? They should say it, but do, would they say it? I don't think so. And so I decided to Google it just to see what i come up with. And um, I found an article, it took me a little digging. I found an article from 2017 written by, if you do want to look it up, his name is Jeffrey Salkin. He is a rabbi. It seemed like he may be a rabbi of a kind of a fringe group. But the same, from what I could tell, he was a legitimate Jewish rabbi. But he did some research on his own. This was February 2017 when he wrote it. He typed into Google, is God loving? And he said he got around 13 million pages or hits when he looked that up. And I don't think he did an exhaustive 13 million. That would take months probably to look at all those. But everything that he could find was from a Christian website. Nothing from a Jewish website. The idea that God is loving. So he said he decided he would type in God loves the Jews. This time he got almost a million hits. And what he found was, once again, he could not find a Jewish website or a Jewish page or someone, a Jew, a non-Messianic Jew, talking about the fact that God is love or God loves the Jews. I thought thought that idea was very interesting because when you and I look at the Old Testament, and we're going to go into that in a little bit, I believe that each one of us here believes that we can see God's love there. But what if we didn't have the New Testament? What if we, if our reality was we didn't believe in who Jesus was, would we still find God loving? Would we still believe that? Now this Jew, the reason, I believe the whole, the point that he was writing, the article, is that he does believe it. And he said that the idea of, you know, Judaism came up with the idea that God was love first, but that many Jews today 
no longer believe that. And I think if you look at their history and you look at all their struggle and suffering for the last 2,000 years plus, you can understand possibly why they would no longer believe that God is love. Kind of like I mentioned in another message where Dennis Prager, who has done exhaustive studies on the Torah, first five books of the Old Testament, he has a passion, a love for that, for that, for God's scripture there in the Old Testament, for God's law. But yet he talks about how he struggles to love God. And I believe it's because he doesn't believe God is love. God loves him. As a Jew, I think he believes that he is chosen by God in a special way. But I don't know that he recognizes that God is love. I think it's much easier for us as Christians to recognize it than a Jew. But what maybe I think it's why sometimes people struggle to come to Christianity is they struggle with the idea that God would love them, would love you, would love each one of us. So maybe someone here, maybe one of you struggled with it this morning. I think that's why we need to look at it. So let's take a look at the first five books of the Old Testament. I'm mostly going to focus on Genesis and the history there. But let's just follow through thinking about, I'm not going to take time to read it. It would just take too long to read it. We all know the story of creation. Do we see God's love there in the story of creation? I'd be happy for a response if someone has a thought. I'm going to argue with you. I'm going to play the the opposite just for a moment. You could almost argue that there really is no love shown in a way. You could argue from a non-Christian worldview that God didn't really show any love. He's just a benevolent dictator. You've heard that term. Someone who's just kind of looking out for people's good. He was just just a benevolent God. He just created the earth and then walked away. Right? Did God show any love there? I believe he did. I believe the fact that he wanted to create a place where humans could live, could find beauty. Think of all the things that God created that we as men, man looks at and say, why did God create this little bird or this little bug or this animal? It doesn't really seem to serve a purpose. It's not edible. It's not, maybe it's not even beautiful. I mean, there's some things that we as humans go, oh, I don't want that thing crawling in through my house. But yet, I believe God created all those things for our enjoyment, Especially those who enjoy looking at those kind of things. There's joy to be found. God did that through love. When God created Adam on the sixth day, was that an act of love or was that just, he just did it? I would argue the way he did it was, showed his love. He didn't create a robot. He didn't create someone who would come and God would just force them to do. But God created humans 
to have choice, the choice to do right or wrong, to follow him or not. Some people wish there was less choice in the world, but I believe it shows God's love. When you're a parent and you have really little children, you don't allow them a lot of choice sometimes because they don't know how to choose. They don't even know where to begin. But as they grow and develop, we give them more and more freedom to choose. I believe that's because we love them. And I believe the same thing is true of God. His love is shown in one way is by giving us choice. Moving to the, down the timeline just a little bit. He created Eve. Was that love? When God created Eve? Yes. yes. Why? He created someone who could be a helper to Adam, but also needed Adam. And that was the beauty that God showed love in that. He didn't just create... some. There are some animals in the world who don't really need each other except to procreate. There's really... They don't need each other. They don't really live together. But when it comes to human beings, I believe God showed his love in saying they need each other to complement each other. And God showed love. What about the next part of the story? When sin entered the world. And God, how God responded to that. They hid themselves. He came walking in the garden looking for them. Did that show love? Or the opposite of love? Once again, I would say it showed love. He sought them out. They had disobeyed him. They had hurt him. But he lovingly pursued them. And does the same to us today. When we've failed. When we've disobeyed. He kicked them out of the garden. People would say, well that shows an angry, vengeful God. He kicked them out of this beautiful garden. But I believe he did it because he loved them. He killed the animals to make clothes for them. Because he loved them. Love doesn't mean there are no consequences to sin or to wrongdoing or to actions. But love dictates how we respond to that. And that's true across the board. As we look later on in how brothers and sisters in the church work together, how families work together. Let's fast forward. Someone mentioned God saving Noah through the flood as being showing love. Yes, he destroyed almost all the animals on the earth. He destroyed all the humans. But yet I believe it was love that showed mercy to Noah and his family and to us. He could have destroyed the earth He would have had every right to do that with the sin that was on the earth. And yet he showed love. Fast forward the timeline to Abraham. Did God show love to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to Joseph, to David, to Solomon? In each of those stories, there was human struggle. There was 
struggle between right and wrong. There was struggle between God and man. But yet in each one of those cases, those men had to choose how they responded to God, but yet God showed them love. And I believe every human being on this earth, no matter what kind of situation we're born into, we could find, if we are looking for it, we could find how God shows love. But we can understand that even with all that history that the Jews had, how today that they could struggle with the idea that God is love. But that is changing. God is showing them love. He's brought them back to the land. But many of them still have blinders, spiritual blinders, that don't allow them to see how he is protecting a remnant and giving them a physical nation. I believe someday they will see. Um, You don't have to turn to it, but you can write it down. But today we are living in the time of the Gentiles. Romans 11.25 says, For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits. That blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Someday God will very clearly show his love again that it will be unavoidable for them to see his love. But today as Christians, as believers in Jesus, I believe, yes, it is easy for us to see, much easier to see the attribute of God's love. But even, but even sometimes to us here today, it may seem like God is silent, uncaring, vengeful, unloving. But yet, I believe if we look at it and ask for God's help, the help of the Holy Spirit, we can see how he is loving I'd like to sing a song right now. Uh, Turn the hymns of the church to 
So now for the final part of my message, I wanted to turn the gears a little bit and look at, because God is love, what does that mean for us today? What does that mean for believers? Turn with me to 1 John chapter 3. And I'm going to start at verse 10. Since the law read it, I'm not going to take time on where the time of the, of the day is. But the first four verses there, verses 10 through 13, speaks of the love or the lack of love. It talks about Cain. He was wicked. He did not love his brother. And so when he was, became jealous and envious, he murdered him. We say, well, we're not there. And maybe we don't get close to where Cain was, where we have that much hatred in our heart that we become envious and murder someone. But maybe we cause strife. Maybe we cause issues because of our lack of love for a brother or sister. So we need to be careful as we do that as we go through that we do have a love for one another. Especially when maybe they look like they have a closer walk with God. Maybe they look like God is blessing them more or just giving them an easier path than we are. We still should choose to love. Verses 14 through 17 says, He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. When I was looking through this, this, this chapter, I had to think there's a um, song that talks about that if you don't love your neighbor, then you don't love God. Might be oversimplified. But I believe it's true. If we cannot find in us, in ourselves, especially when we disagree. When we agree, it's easy. But when we disagree with someone, are we able to still love them and treat them as a brother or sister? Or do we find we're just constantly chafing and resisting? So we need to be careful of that. Verses 18 through 24. Uh, verses 18. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. It talks about our hearts condemning us. It says God is greater. We do need to be careful that we, if we have a disagreement with a brother or sister, that it's over something that's the truth and not just an opinion. Not just something, well, whether you put new windows in the church or not, whether you do this improvement to the church or that. We should not let that come between our brother or sister and us. 
and our love for them. But at times it says that, verse 24, Hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. If there is disagreement and struggle between us and a brother, we should lean on the Holy Spirit to give us counsel and guidance to whether it's something worth fighting over or whether it's something we need to just forgive and let go. Verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 1. Believe, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now is already in the world. Just because we have a spirit telling us that we need to stand our ground, there are spirits that are not of God. And there we need to be careful. But it says that we should try the spirits. It doesn't mean going out and trying to find spirits, but it means to test them, prove them, check it against God's word. Are they telling me to stand on something that violates scripture? Or can I find that what I'm being told by the spirit is what God's word tells me to do? Verses 4 to 11. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Ye are the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God, he that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this is manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. One thing we need to be careful about is you will see people who I believe are Christians or at least claiming to be so trying to get everyone to love them and I believe that that we, we should, that is not should not be our goal right here it's in this passage it says that those of the world will not always agree with us more often they will not agree with us and so our goal should not be to please the world, but to please God. We can show love to those who disagree with us. But ultimately, we are not of the world. We are called to be separate from the world in the way we look at things, the way we see things. Going on verses, I'm sorry, I forgot. There's some thoughts I wanted to share with that. Um, as I read through this, I could not avoid thinking about how it applies to today. 
But I wanted to think about something that's not so set in front of, set in front of, centered in front in our minds. But think of an example from the past of where people have stood on something and they said, this is what God is telling me to do. This is what scripture wants me to do. And if some of you disagree, I'm not here to have an argument about it. I'm just using it as an example. So hear me out. There are Anabaptist churches, a little more conservative than us for the most part, who have said that paying Social Security tax is against their religious beliefs. And yet I struggle to find a Bible verse that says I should not pay Social Security tax. And I say it may be a little thing. But yes, there are principles that say I should take care of the elderly and the widows. The church should do that. We as believers should do that. But I view the Social Security tax as what it is, a tax. But some people, they believe strongly that way. We find the same thing today with the mask. People will find a scripture that backs their viewpoint one way, and the other side will find a verse they believe backs their viewpoint. But verse 11 says, we ought also to love one another. If it's not an issue where we directly find God telling us to do this or that, we need to be careful about saying, because the reason I say this is I I read this week, someone came out and said, well, go to Walmart and say you have a religious reason for not wearing a mask. And I challenge any of you here who would want to use that as a reason not to wear one, Be careful. We don't find that in scripture. But then you find believers on the other side. The Bible tells me this, so that's why I have to wear a mask. Can we somehow find, as brothers and sisters, love for each other, no matter which side of the fence we find ourselves on, no matter which side we feel God is leading us to, I don't believe mask wearing is found in scripture, yes or no. You understand that? It doesn't say, yes, you should, or no, you shouldn't. We each need to follow our conscience and be clear before God. But as brothers and sisters, when we disagree, we need to love one another. Then moving on to the final verses in the chapter 12 through 21. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. 
For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. There have been many people who have violated that scripture. They've claimed to love God, but when it came to dealing with a brother or sister they disagreed with, they could not find in themselves or with God's help to love them. And that's where we need to continually seek God's help. If we're struggling with that, and it may be that you've gone for years without struggling with it, and then suddenly something pops up, and we start struggling. I don't believe that indicates anything but that we're human and that we're still living in a fallen world. And as it talked about here, fear. Sometimes our loss of love for a brother or sister is because there's fear in our life. We are to cast that out. We are to recognize that if we're living in fear because of something, it will tend to take away our love for our brother or sister. And I think eventually take away our love for God. So we need to trust him when there's things that we don't understand, don't know what to do, what the next step should be. Turn it over to God. Trust him so that we can once again find that love for one another and for God. I want each of you to know this morning, whether you're here, whether you're listening on my live stream, if you feel that I stepped on your toes, please take that from the Holy Spirit, not from me. I did not like have people's faces in my mind when I was studying this. I need this as much as anyone does. I need to remember that I am called to love my brother and my sister no matter who they are, what they believe. This doesn't mean I won't disagree with you or challenge you across the pulpit. It doesn't mean I'm just going to make you feel good in my messages. But because I love you, I will continue to bring what I believe God is putting on my heart. But I will challenge each one of us as we work together as a brotherhood. Let us love one another. Show that love. Not so we can get something in return. Not for so that we can have it easy in life. But because God, who, who didn't have to, was not obligated, has done so many things in our lives, in our families' lives, in our lives of our brothers and sisters. He's done so many things to show us love that we should have a joy and a desire to do the same for others. I hope that God, I hope this message blessed you. Whoop, sorry. hope this message blessed each one of you and it can be a challenge. Lord bless you.